the Sharks lose a nail biter to Joe Pavelski and the Dallas Stars, solidifying their mark on the first, or excuse me, the second wild card spot in the Western Conference. I'll be joined by some awesome guests after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and Teal Town, excuse me, Teal Together and interact with us, check us out across all of the social media platforms, that being the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube chat, SoundCloud, Reddit, and all of the shenanigans that go all, that go on in that Discord. Find everything else and more at tealtownusa.com. I am pleased to be joined by Mr. Ian Reed and Mr. Felix Chow. How are you guys doing this evening? I feel good. <laughs> I feel fine. The world is ending, but I feel fine. <laughs> Felix, care to add? <laughs> I mean, what more is there to say? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're the Sharks, it's apparently not much more than that, uh, besides calling up a, a rookie uh, in time for uh, his, I guess, just excellent view of the tank. You know, he's just going to get that tank action going on, you know, for the next seven games. But no, in all seriousness, though, I'm I'm super excited for uh, t- the the news that we got this afternoon that Thomas Bordalo signed his professional ELC and uh, we'll be seeing him in Teal in the big club tomorrow. Uh, it's uh, it's quite interesting to see the the team go this route, but I think it kind of overshadows <laughs> this evening's uh, affair, which was of course a two to one victory by the Dallas Stars. And guys, I mean, besides just the the talent not being there and the talent allowing for the stars to to win out the day, because I think that that's basically what we saw there. They they won on 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 just their their talent alone, and and I mean their effort was kind of ebbed and flowed throughout that game, but um, overmatched again. And we continue to go over this over and over and over again. But this team especially in its defensive zone overmatched Tyler Sagan would get uh, would get the goal scoring started at 5:55 in that first period <clears throat> and again comes on comes on a uh, defensive zone faceoff uh, defensive zone miscue along the boards that allows Sagan to get free in the slot and uh, you know they're able to deflect a, a trickling puck into the net it wasn't uh, wasn't like a great shot it was kind of more of a one of those garbage type goals but Ian, why do we continually see the Sharks defensemen manhandled or or miscue in their own zone at at this frequency? Because they're not good. I mean, <laughs> is it really that simple? <laughs> I I, I, th- I mean, it's part of it, right? Like, um, it, it's it's tricky, right? Obviously, um, I know I'm gonna just I can already feel the daggers coming from the chat, but like. Losing Eric Carlson hurts. Even, even, even a seemingly disinterested Eric Carlson, um, which I think we we've seen over the past few games. Um, obviously, now he's 
injured, don't know what it is, lower body injury, whatever, right? Um, but like, <laughs> if if you're, you know, if your solution to that situation is okay, well, we're just, you know, now your top four consists of Magna and Malosh. I mean, that's probably not good, right? Because we can't be Merkley there. That's just not allowed. Yeah, we can't have fun on the blue line. God no. forbid. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, it's just like it's it's not good. Um, I've been a pretty serious critic of Nick Malosh a lot this season. I feel like I'm just being a dead horse at this point. I think Jacob Magna is a better the better defenseman of the two, but I think on a good team are these guys even a six? I don't think so. I don't think either of them are a six on a good team. No, they're definitely scream seventh defenseman, depth defenseman, AHL, you know, will pick a number out of a hat, right? You know, f- first pair or second pair AHL type defenseman. But yeah, no, I mean, I get the general gist that, you know, these guys are pretty raw, not to mention, you know, the, the ceiling is not very high on them. Um, and and it's, it, it's showing up on on the on the boards and showing up uh, in their defensive play and and Felix I mean just on that goal in, in general I mean it kind of personifies what we've seen throughout all of the season but do you I guess do you see it more a, a personnel or, or more of a deployment type issue um boy I think it's I mean it could be uh both <laughs> who knows i like i mean for me i just and i think i want to i did want to touch on the fact that uh you mentioned the you know the d zone draw like those draws are pretty darn important to 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 win and uh if you're not winning those 50 50 battles and then you're kind of just and i don't want to say any players asking to be scored on but if you're not winning those battles um you know it's 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 gonna end up in your own net um one way or another so um, yeah, and, you know, just to kind of personify just some more, you know, idiocracy coming out of, of Sharks um, brass, and I think that this is this is exactly what uh, Mr. Ian Reed was chuckling to. Uh, I pulled it right out of there, and uh, AJ, thank you so much for manning the, manning the call there. Um, Glenn Denning made a great pass, and Burns went down too early there. He calls it the spider. And nine times out of ten, he executes that perfectly. That's Bob Brugner saying that with a straight face, ladies and gentlemen. And I believe I mean, that's your problem. That that's such it's such bullshit, man. And I I, I I can't believe that I actually argue about this on Twitter. Like it's it's a low percentage play. Like anytime you go down like that, it's a low percentage play. Because what happens is either you're gonna make that play or you're out of the play. There's no getting back in the play when you're down like that. Right. Um, I just want to I know just, where he's pulling his nine out of ten out. Of. <laughs> well, that's what I want to know too, right? Because it's like, and yeah, and, no sorry. Go sorry, ahead, sorry. Yeah, um, but like I was just gonna say, like, and I even talked about this in our sort of group chat too. But like the, uh, it's it's bad when when uh, Burns is uh, when the expression on Burns's face when he gets saucered, we'll say, um, <laughs> when his SCP uh, fails. And it gets um, and it shows uh, in one of, in a picture that the uh, Dallas Twitter admin. Uh, 
I think what 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 Felix is trying to articulate there is um, <clears throat> Stars PR doing a bang up job on the gifting with the uh, <laughs> with the burn starfish and Luke Glendening just eyeing it with you know he's just got these big eyes because he he already knows when Burns is going down. He's like that fucker's just got to get down. I can just lift it right over his stick and we're home free. And what happened? Just toyed him. Like he just literally toyed with him. <laughs> I just I just want the Kool-Aid. Like I just I want to taste the Kool-Aid. That's all I want, man. Like this year, especially this season, has been especially like I don't know what I'm watching anymore. Because <laughs> when I watch like intermission or whatever, or I read like some some of some of the Twitter of some of the more prominent people in the thing, I'm like, are we watching the same fucking game? I mean, honestly, it's it's like straight out of Anchorman Sex Panther. You know, it's like it works 60 percent of the time every time. And it's like, this right. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. the <laughs> And it's like it's it's like oh, I, I think it starts with the coaching and the enablement of of that low risk type <laughs> play. And it's selfish. I, it's just, selfish I don't get it. Blue line. It really it's is. It's dumb. It's dumb. Like I, I, I just I wanna know. Like I want the Kool-Aid. Can somebody please send me the Kool-Aid? I don't know if you're allowed to send this over the border. There's probably some illicit substances in this Kool-Aid, but I want some. <laughs> I think I think like, we all please do. send me the Kool-Aid. I need the Kool-Aid. I need to because it's gotta be just amazing. And um for uh, Captain Obvious quotes of the evening, we're playing well, but we're just not scoring. Losing sucks regardless of where you are in the standings. Nick Benito. For sure. Oh, and that, that I agree with. I mean, I, I don't think, like, you can see, like, when these guys are coming off the ice, man, like, this is starting to get to them. And I'm kind of surprised they haven't unraveled a little more than they have already. Like, I'll give them some credit because they have kind of stuck to... I don't always forget what Bob Rogner's doing, but they they've stuck to what he has has them doing, for better or worse. And I, you know, I, I give them credit because, like again, nine games, man, nine games is a long time. Hey, pain for Shane. Okay, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> Too late for that. <laughs> oh, I wish they would have come up with this uh, with this particular tactic in the standings a little earlier so we could have gotten some more pain for Shane, but um, I digress. So uh, going into that second period, uh, the Stars had a one uh, to nothing lead. Uh, you had Michael Raffle, of course, we alluded to Brent Burns going down on the Starfish. The Sharks give up their 11th shorthanded goal of the season. Luke Glendening with all the sauce you could handle and more. But the Sharks would come back and make an interesting Timo Meyer with his 33rd on the year. Ryan Merkley and Mario Ferraro getting the assist there uh, at 19:23. So kind of one of those energizing goals in the last minute of the play. I think Timo Meyer, it's safe to say, will make 35 goals this year, and uh, I think we might even be looking at uh, 40 assists hurdle watch. So uh, it'll be it'll be cool to see those guys get those personal milestones. Um, of course, uh, you know, the, I don't usually ask the questions on this show, but, but it was this Mario Ferrer's best game since going back from injury. 
Because I, I think so. Yeah, I, I, w- I would venture to guess that tonight he looked the most quiet his game has looked since coming back from the injury. Uh, Felix, what what are your thoughts on Mario Ferraro's game this evening and and uh, chipping in on the uh, on the rush with um, with Merkley? Yeah, I thought he looked uh, great. I mean, like he's, I mean he 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 definitely had a quiet game, like like you guys uh, said, and you know he's um, he looked himself out there. Um, he uh, this was definitely a uh, one of his uh, one of his best showings. Uh, you know. So uh, I, I definitely agree with that. It's hard to get back up to like late season form, especially with an injury like that. I, I mean, and the speed at which he came back to will never not baffle my mind. Like mutants are real and Mario Ferraro definitely is one. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, talking about another mutant seemingly in the nets. Uh, Kakanen has a really good work ethic. It starts in practice and he battles every play. We haven't given him in the goal output he needs. That's also from Nick Bonino as well. And, and guys, let's just talk about Kakanen. I think we're seeing the future play out, the future of the Sharks net play out in front of us. Uh, to me, this last span of four or five games from Kapo Kakanen has really kind of opened my eyes to uh potential 1a type goalie here coming out of this guy what, what are you guys seeing from from capo and are you guys feeling similar vibes or you guys still on the fence about it i mean it's too soon like i i haven't seen him play enough games yet goalies are, are weird right but like the early results on capo cockney have been really good in my view i think i i agree like i think you can be happy that the Sharks are losing and, you know, trying to improve the draft positioning. But, like, it wouldn't break my heart to see this guy get a W because he's earned, because he's really, he's deserved one on so many games this year. Yeah. And, um, and, and, I, mean, and I just, I feel bad. Like, I feel bad for the guy because he's played well enough to win a lot of games and the sharks just haven't given him any goal support. And that's, that sucks. I mean, it's great for draft positioning, but I think it sucks for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Felix, I guess kind of quickly more question on longevity and, and future of, of where the sharks should go. Cause we haven't heard, heard you chime in on the, the goalie situation. What are your thoughts on the three headed monster going into the off season and, and what needs to happen with, uh, you know, with that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's actually a, a sort of position that has also kind of, that I've kind of sort of pondered to myself and sort of, you know, asked around with, uh, my other friends, uh, about, and I think, um, that's going to be an interesting, an interesting position, position where, uh, you know, we, we're going to, we could possibly see, I mean, we're, I feel like we're going to see, you know, some movement at that, uh, at goalie, um, you know, uh, Rhymes Reimer has definitely given the Sharks the most consistency. Um, Kakanen has also been uh, quite consistent, uh, and he's you know as Ian said, like the uh, the return so far, he's you know he's played well, like and he's deserved a win, which I heart I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, so I think it's going to be very interesting moving forward, and I think we'll, with Aiden Hill, unfortunately, dealing with injuries. Um, could he be the? Uh, I don't know. Again, I don't. 
you know the uh, the whole I guess the uh, the roster maneuvering well enough, but um, you know could he be the odd man the odd man out um, you know in the off season and you know could we see and you know if Reimer doesn't get moved could we see Reimer and uh, Kakinen going forward? Who knows? I mean, if you if you feel as if Kakinen is going to be you know that stud number one type goaltender. Um, and, and you don't believe in the, the 50-50 split, you know, that has kind of come in vogue as of late in the NHL, then I, I think you're absolutely right there, um, Felix, with keeping uh, Capo and, and uh, going with Reimer as the backup and, and really kind of solidifying the net there. But if you I don't know if you go with Reimer as the backup, though. I think the goal should be to whoever whoever is going to take the net needs to unseat Reimer. That should be the direction. So how about with with Capo Kakinen's play at the moment? I mean, at, between Reimer and him, who do you like um, from an eye test perspective? Because I mean, the stats I, with how they're it's doing hard now. because I've seen more. Like we've seen a lot more of James Reimer than I have of Capo Capo this uh, Capo Kakinen this season. So like Reimer would be like Reimer has been steady for a lot more games. The sample size on Kakinen, it's it's still really small, right? Like especially at games in San Jose. Um, you know, but I, I will say, like, I've seen, I think, since he's been here, I think Kakanen's probably only had really one bad game. Right. But, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to just say, like, based on that small sample size of games, like, oh, well, they should never play Reimer again, right? Like, I just, I feel like Reimer has probably been the better goalie of the two this season. Um but I didn't watch a lot of Capo Kakin in Minnesota. So I, I think you start the net. And I think, I think if you're going to start next season, if James Reimer is still here, James Reimer's your one a, and he stays that way until he loses the net. And if he plays like he did this year, good luck, Capo Kakinen <laughs> or Aiden Hill or whoever it happens to be. I, I have to imagine it's, it's Kakinen and, you know, or maybe they go Kakinen and Hill. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't know if I would, go that route but um but they have to do something so uh, as of right now uh through 31 games so this isn't updated with his with a 30 second game today 28 starts sporting a 2.98 goals against average and a 9-11 save percentage split between minnesota and san jose and his career statistics he is a 907 with 60 games played and a 2.9. Yeah, it's a small, tiny, that's a tiny sample size of games, though. Like, James Reimer is a veteran with, like, probably significantly more games. Yeah, yeah. And and I think at this point, you're still, I, you're still very much in the assess phase. So I think it'll, it'll be, it'll be incumbent upon Kakanen himself to to win the net like you had yeah seen. that's what i think i think james reimer you go with james reimer as the one in if someone can take the net away from him fantastic and if they can't then back to the drawing board well boys the uh the sharks would end up uh losing you know in a nail biter in that third period i kind of weathered some storms there from dallas they came out with some really you know, really uh, aggressive energy there in the first part of that third period. I felt the Sharks did a good job weathering it and then kind of, uh, you know, put a little bit of a push on their own. Had that power play late, late in the third. And, guys, I mean, if if I'm circling anything 
going into the off season as need to fix, need to address, need to totally reinvent its its power play. And that's that's what I'm highlighting with the big yellow highlighter. What do you what do you guys think on the on the power play and what is it that is not working? You want to go first, Felix, or I can go first. Go ahead. I've I've talked a lot. <laughs> okay, um, fair enough. Um, like for me, I think it it always comes down to execution, right? Like, I mean, it's and of course the players you have on there, you know, um, they need to be able to uh, to execute to the way that they um you know they they need to be they need to play, and it's like the, I think the frustrating thing is that plus communication and you know you know we sometimes talk about brett hick and uh you know talk uh saying essentially communication is free and it, it is and you know if you're not if if you don't know what you're doing on the power play essentially um then it's it's not going to go well for you essentially so yeah ian you want to expand upon that a little bit i think i always find like the second power play unit always like seems to look better than the first and the problem with the first one is brent burns is on the first one and everything on the power play goes through brent burns it's predictable it's stale and like you know what i mean like everything goes let's everything has to go through brent burns on the power play brent burns is always option one and look at i'm this isn't me i'm not taking a dump on burns here Burns has a good shot from the point. We've all seen it. The guy can launch the puck, right? But if you're expecting that, then it's easier to defend. The second unit, I find, you know, they don't really have a set, especially right now because of obviously pieces coming in and out. They don't really have a set guy that it goes through. So there's more guys given opportunities to shoot the puck, make plays, whatever. And I thought tonight the second Harbley unit was probably the better of the two. And that was a big part of it. Um, you know, and also obviously you know shorthanded um burns can also be a liability when the puck goes through burns and then he bobbles the puck and again it could happen to anybody but um and the puck goes the other way like we've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of shorthanded goals come off of brent burns's stick that's where it starts the the turnover starts yeah and chiming in on the lack of offense uh aj thank you um we've been like this for two years nothing's changed we're in games we compete hard we have young lineups just have to find offense well you know if if you continually do the same thing for two years and you're not getting you know consistent results offensively i think it i think it should be pretty pretty clear that it's time to change up the formula on, on what you're doing in the offensive zone. Um, I think that's part of it, but I think also, I mean, there, there's just too many guys in this team that can't finish. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like that's the other problem. There's just, there's too many guys on this team that I like their play and I like what they do like McGregor, Right. But like, again, if you can't put the puck in the net, like that's, you know, like that's what a Noah Gregor needs to do if he's going to be a consistent player at the NHL level. And he's failed to do that all year. And I know they keep saying that he's going to get one and the dam's going to break. Well, there's, you know, there's nine games left. Yeah. That dam better break pretty fucking quick. Yeah. And I was actually going to, I was actually going to say like, um, to like, 
you know, uh, you mentioned that the uh, the Sharks don't like like they they need they they haven't been able to finish and like they've had their chances in this game too. Like I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like they haven't like you know tried to put the puck in the net. They just they they just need more people to more players to essentially put the puck in the to be able to put the puck in the biscuit or puck, puck in the back of the net. Sorry, mm-hmm. but um yeah no. Well, I mean, it, but it doesn't help. It also doesn't help their cause that. You know, you're playing Jeffrey VL, you know, seven minutes, seven minutes and 51 seconds. And, you know, Jasper Weatherby, eight minutes. I mean, you might as well not even play him at that point. And and the amount of minutes that everybody else has to soak up because of mismanagement on the the bottom six has we, we've we have complained and seen this night after night after night with these lineup decisions and and I just I I just don't get it. I I, I just didn't. I mean, who are you gonna put there though? Like the only other guy, like with the way the injuries are right now, like the only guy that Bob Bugner is gonna play at this point is Lane Peterson. You're not gonna get much different from him. So I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, shit. I'd I'd love to see you know what a Yoakum Blickfield's got. And then, that's that's never gonna happen. I mean, yeah. We I mean like that kind of segues into the whole Bortolo thing. Like if the Bortolo signing doesn't tell you anything else, it tells you that they would rather burn a year of Bortolo's ELC than call up a Blickfeld or call up a Hobbs again. Like they are done with, they've called up everyone that they think has any value on that team. They are done with any, if they haven't come up yet, they're done with them. And just to jump in on that, and we might we might you know touch on the Barracuda later. I don't know what the plans are, but um, essentially, like Bordalo even had three assists in his first game as a and as a Barracuda. So I mean, and he, from all accounts, was the the best player on the Barracuda. So I mean, that doesn't say anything, you know, if, if that doesn't tell you, it's that. an indictment on the depth. I right, think is, it, is, it is yeah, where you're coming from on that, right. Right. Yeah, and it—I don't know, guys. It's just—it's—it's just frustrating because because you want to see some more development, I guess, and there's just nothing for them for them to pull up from at this point. And yeah, it really—it's an indictment upon the the franchise as as where it's at. prospect wise um and and again burning burning a year off of an elc you know for mm. for thomas borlo it goes to show you just where they're at with with personnel and just needing bodies at this point it does not yeah. really even matter you know where they're coming from just needing bodies yeah i mean and look at like and again help is on the way right right like you're gonna get Bortolo's going to come up and, and he's going to play for the Sharks because he signed his ELC. And I'm excited for that. I mean, yeah. I think everyone should, like, temper their expectations. Like, I, I if they lose again next game, like, <laughs> you know, don't freak out and be like, oh, my God, this guy's a boss. We're so excited for this. If he doesn't score a hat trick, you know, in, in Minnesota, um, let's not get carried away here. But, um, you know, but also in the Barracuda are also going to get some help. Uh, Daniel Gushin's coming, uh, going to be landing in San Jose, I believe, tomorrow because his career uh, in the OHL ended today, I want to say. Um, and Ozzy Weisblatt is, uh, yeah. is apparently also on his way over. So, 
you know, with teams, uh, with teams finishing up in uh, junior hockey that didn't make the playoffs, um, you know, so there's, there's going to be some reinforcements on the way. Uh, it'll be, I mean, if nothing else, it makes the games actually interesting to watch because neither team is playing for anything anymore. They're just trying to spoil other teams playoff aspirations at this point or positioning at this point, not so much aspirations. I mean, uh, Minnesota wild pretty clearly in the playoffs, but, um, you know what I mean? Like, so, so, I mean, at least we have something interesting to to watch as this kind of plays out. Because, I mean, at this point right now, I mean, for me, I'm done, man. I just want the playoffs to start. Yeah. Because no dog in the fight playoffs is the best. <laughs> well, if you uh, if you have not already uh, put your put your reminders in your calendars for tomorrow's Pucknologists, please go and do that right now. 7 p.m. guys um and he will like croc jerk will be going over elcs and what that means for his contract but ian i, I think maybe give a give everybody a quick primer why are they burning a year off his elc and what does it mean and uh why are we all concerned about this well okay so obviously other guys have come in and, and they've come out of college and they've signed their entry-level contracts right from that michigan team um Owen power did it maddie veneers did it um, and obviously, like, those are the kind of guys, like, those are top 10 picks, right? So sometimes in order to get those guys to pry them out of college a little bit earlier than you want, than, you know, maybe they want to, you burn a year of their ELC as an incentive. I don't, I know this is what Shang said today, but I don't buy that with Bortolo. Like, I just, I don't think Bortolo, like, I really like Bortolo, right? But he's not Matty Beneers. He's not Owen Power. Right. He's those players are, you know, like and again, this is not me. I know someone's going to twist this into me saying, oh, Ian just thinks Bortolo sucks. No, Ian thinks Bortolo great, but he's not that tier of player. I don't think he had the leverage here to be like, hey, I want to burn a year of my ELC or I'm going back to college. I would have been like, if I'm the Sharks front office, I'd be like, cool, see you in a year. Yeah. Right. Because they don't, they don't, I don't feel like, Bortle is good, but is he so good that we should be burning a year? Probably not. However, due to injuries, again, and I, I just mentioned this earlier, due to injuries and lack of options from the Barracuda that they like, they would rather let him get the NHL experience than waste time or I'm, whatever. Waste time. Yeah, I'm going to say waste time. Screw it. Waste time calling up a Jaden Halpelwax, bringing up a Joachim Blickfeld. Like they obviously they would rather him get the NHL time than call up anyone else from the Barracuda. Anyone they like I said, if you didn't call get called up from the Barracuda right now, the Sharks are probably done with you. Yeah. Pack your bags, start looking for a team in Europe or another AHL team to play with, because you're not coming back. Yeah, yeah, and and I I don't think it's really hard to to see past that logic and you know with thomas Bortle, it, it's going to be interesting because he you know he's 5'10 175 pounds you know a little bit on the smaller side so we'll see how he adapts to the nhl game um, yeah and i'm I, like i'm super excited like don't get me wrong i'm super excited that Bortolo is coming i just don't think Bortolo is so good that you burn a year but on the plus side if Eklund stays next year they will come up, their ELCs will come up at different times. So that's 
that's a plus. And hopefully that's a nice problem to have. Okay. So let's say uh, Bortolo comes up and in the remaining seven games, let's say uh, finishes the stat line five points, let's say two goals, three assists in seven games. What does Great. that what does that say about his future going into next season? Do, does he automatic does that does that set him up automatically as we're going to start you and and Eki up with the big club and you know we'll we'll run with the young guns or do you still think I that this know. team is okay, we need to protect these guys, let them maturate with the with the Cuda and and then bring them in. Because I um, I feel like I feel like with Eklund, the talent definitely there, very similar to Marlowe, where I don't know that you want to keep him developing in the AHL when you know he should be playing against the best professionals. But with a guy like Bortolo, where not only are you fighting his size, but you're also fighting the lack of pro experience, whether you know, because he's not even been in the Alsvenskin or anything like that. He's been playing college. I hockey. would like, I mean, I would like to see them play. Um, like, I, I don't know. I don't trust Bobo here. <laughs> Right. Like, I don't, I don't trust, like, maybe could, could these guys both be, you know, should, should they both start in the lineup? I mean, we'll see what training camp brings, but like right now I would say probably like if you're, if you think he's good enough to burn a year of his ELC, which the sharks obviously do because they're, they're doing it, then I mean, don't, you have to at least give him a start. The thing is next year is that the Barracuda are going to be a much better team. So like going to the Barracuda next year, isn't, the kiss of death that it would have been this year or last year. Yeah. Like there's going to be much, the, the, the Barracuda, at least in the forward group, still a little sketchy on the defense. We'll see if Magnus Krona uh, signs a ZLC um, during the off season and, you know, and then comes in and then maybe that'll have them set in goal. But um, I don't think spending time on the Barracuda next year is going to be the worst thing for anyone, especially if the team's a tire fire again. Like, I don't mind, like, you know, and I think, look, we, we saw Timo Meyer, you know, make a few trips up and down and he's been fine for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Felix, you did want to talk a little bit about the Barracuda. So I guess it's a great segue going in uh, the Barracuda apparently tying in their last game. Is that is that what I'm reading correctly from this game recap? Zero zero against the Abbotsford Canucks April 15th. Um. Wow. If that's the case, uh, I didn't. Think I didn't think we had ties. Had ties. I didn't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> but what's well, what you getting, getting excited, excited about, about the Barracuda? Yeah, for sure. I think. You know what? I th- I think though, like, we're, look where this team is at right, right now. Where this organization is at, you might as well get get excited about the Barracuda, right? Because like this, it's not like. The Sharks are, like, contrary to what state media wants everyone to think, um, the uh, Sharks are not going to be playoff bound anytime soon. So, uh, uh, and this is just, just horrible, by the way. Uh, the San Jose Barracuda, please get your act together on your website updates. It was four to three in um, overtime. <laughs> Abbotsford beating the San Jose Barracuda. Yeah. That's well, right. there you have it. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I uh, would echo that ten, uh, sentiment. But yeah, no, I mean, I mean, like the uh, again, like 
right now it's a great time as ever to be excited about the uh, Barracuda despite like the uh, lack of organizational depth because again uh, all the names that we've mentioned Eklund, Bordolo, all the names that are coming you know Houston, um, Ozzy Weisblatt um, you know it's it's time for this team to uh, dare I say get younger yeah, I'm just wondering who's going to play defense. <laughs> They're going to score a hell of a lot of goals, but who the hell's going to play on the blue line? Ian? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, man. Um, that's going to be that's that'll be one of the more fascinating things in the offseason is seeing uh, not only because not only are the Sharks going to be interesting this offseason, I think, because obviously with the new GM and everything hopefully coming sometime, you know, before i'd like i'd like to see it done before free agency like obviously you don't want to rush or anything but like i mean i'd like to see it done before the draft the draft's already set though you think that you don't think the draft's already set like they've they've already got their all that work's done yeah yeah and and i don't think even if you did hire gm before the draft i mean it's not like they're going to change the the you know, the drafting uh, staff or, you know, the player development staff. No, ex- that exactly. And so. I think like, you're going to, you're going to default to the scouts and they've, they've like, all that work is, is going to be done by the time the draft arrives, the GM's just the guy that's going to go up there and, and, and say, hi, I'm the GM and this is my pick, but the work's already done. It's free agency where I think you really need someone in place because that's going to set, you know, off and, Buyout windows too, obviously. Yeah, buyout windows definitely for sure. And I mean, we've talked about maybe holding on to Vlasic one more year, seeing you know, seeing how we, you know, how he fares. I mean, it, this last let's say last ten games for Mark Edward Vlasic has been a market improvement. You know, considering where he was at at the beginning of this year. I mean, maybe but you not can seven million dollars good. I mean, at this point, I think you're still weighing that option, right? Whether or not you, you do the buyout this year and you eat that one year that's oh, going to be pain. really horrible. Or do you extend the pain one more year, but, you know, save yourself the, the cap heartache? Where yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I would probably, I it depends on what else they do, right? Like, it, you can't come back with the same money tied up on the blue line. So either you have to trade um a brent burns or you have to or you have to buy out vlasic because let's be honest like you're not trading carlson it's just not happening you're not buying out carlson that's not happening you know like so like carlson's here you grab your tissues it's fine it'll be fine he's not going anywhere so what else are you going to do I think maybe you got either Shimmick. trade burns. Well, I think Shimmick, but is okay. So you don't bring Shimmick back. Is that really changing anything? Like, yes, it's a it's it's a big contract for what Shimmick brings, but is that real change? Yeah, you gotta take you you what you want is you want one of the big three has to go at in some fashion this off season. Right, and one of those three is not really going to go anywhere. The other of those, like I think you do Shimmick regardless, but I don't think Shimmick yeah. alone is enough. Like maybe that's where you, maybe you blow a buyout there. What, what are your thoughts on the buyout, Felix? And in 
thoughts on moving one of the off of one of the big three? Um, yeah, I think um, I honestly think, um, boy, I would say maybe wait on the on the bio because I mean, like, look this this whole this whole situation, the, the cap situation is not going to be is you know saved overnight, um, and we all know that, and you know I think over over time you know i think we could we might see a uh last buyout next year or you know we could because uh, i i don't i don't know if burns is gonna get shipped out anytime soon either so um yeah i, I guess we'll just have to see yeah um i mean for me at least i, I still think you, you try and look for a, a suitor for mark edward vlasic you know it's try and retain half that to want to go yes yes he is like he has more control than brent burns that's the other problem right so and, and ordinarily i would agree with you but when a new gm comes in it certainly oh, yeah. upsets the apple cart with so far this as the, the pecking order veterans go you know have and, and yeah and, i'm just saying like peak blake but he could just sit there and be like no i ain't moving and we've seen players do it yeah we've seen players do it under new regimes like we watched five players in Toronto do it under a new regime <laughs> not too long ago. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting. Shimmick, the Shimmick buyout really, if you bought out Shimmick, I think that's pretty painless if you couldn't move him. I, I just, I feel like for what you're getting with Shimmick and um, the fact that he's, um, you know, and look at injuries suck. And I'm not saying like, you know, um, that injuries are cool or whatever, you know, screw this guy because he's hurt. But 1.2 million next year, 900,000 the next, and then 600,000 for the final two years of the buyout. That's not terrible. Like, that's pretty, it's pretty negligible, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. We've got, uh, we've got AJ <laughs> chiming in on Eric Carlson and uh, coming up with the car metaphor. I had a Volvo once, really nice, ran amazing, great mileage. I left it parked on the street one night and someone crashed into it. Wasn't the same <laughs> after that. I guess you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> certainly, uh, it certainly ain't worth uh, 11.5 mil after that. I, I, I would, I would say that it would not be worth the 11.5 million after that. But uh, we digress. I mean, I, I guess we'll we'll talk about it because it is the the elephant in the room, and, and we'll start clearing out after this. This injury for EK65, another one, this is what, two this year? I think, you know, since we've gotten him, it's it's been, you know, at least one stint on IL every season he's been here. I think Jerk said it best for a guy who, like, and I like Eric Carlson. I have defended Eric Carlson a lot on the podcast this year. And there was, there was a stretch where Eric Carlson was the best defenseman on this team. Um that that's admittedly in the rear view but i think jerk said it best for a guy who avoids contact like the plague he sure gets injured a lot i mean i'm getting shades of martin havlat here guys martin havlat made a lot less money i know that's that's the <laughs> kicker <laughs> but i mean honestly like but at the same time too it's like i don't really whatever 
Like I, I again, like I'm so done with this season that I, I really don't care who's on. <laughs> like if he's gonna go back to San Jose and he sits out the rest of the season, like I'm whatever, I'm over it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't even look at it for this season anymore. I just think about next season and I go, I'm, I'm penciling in that Eric Carlson will only be available for about 65 games. I, I think that's I, I'll put it. I'll put money on 65 games, and I'd even take the under. 65 for 65. I like it. I mean, I might even take the under on 65 because, quite frankly, is that we're setting it? Oh, God. I'd, I'd, I'd be curious. Chat, where are we at? 65 over under. Go. 65 games for EK65. Chat, you you've uh, you've heard it here, uh, and I'll also too. I did want to go over one uh, comment that we did get from the last show because, uh, like we had said, we're trying to. Uh, integrate a new segment that being comments of previous shows so uh this is from uh, arvid uh and he he's saying i saw the sharks recently signed max uh veranu uh mm-hmm. for uh lakesland and shl this year's league's top scorer hope he can transition his game from the big rink to a small one and be as productive for the sharks as he has been in the shl in uh, we looking at this more of a Auntie Suomella or a Jonathan Dolan type player in the rough here? Older, right? So he's, I think he's 26, 27. How old is this dude again? I can't remember. Uh, find his cap from here. He's 26. So, I mean, I, I'm not sure. Look, at I like these moves. I think there's you know there's not a lot of risk to these moves right either it works out and 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 you get a guy who could come in and score some goals or it doesn't work and you send him to the AHL it's fine like there it's such a low risk move the salary you know again like it's a it's a one year $750,000 contract I I like it I I mean I'm not am I expecting big things no um did we expect big things out of Melka carlson and look how much of a career we extracted out of that man the yeah but okay yes but a lot of that happened when you could put a gerbil beside joe thornton and they were going to score <laughs> paging tj galliardi tj galliardi <laughs> right you know what i mean like and obviously, look at Melker. Melker settled into a nice role with the sharks and he was i mean he was the Swiss Army knife for Peter DeBoer. Um, I, I I don't know. Like I'm not like I'm not super hyped, but I like it. I I think it's a it's a nice it's a low risk. What the hell do you have to? You have nothing to lose by doing it. I like it. I bring him over. All right, Felix. What are your thoughts on the on the signing? And uh, you, do you want to see him with the Barracuda first, or do you want to see him get a shot with the big club? I'm I'm with I'm with uh, Ian on this. Like I mean. Um, I like the deal. Um, I actually, I personally see him. I want to see him get get a shot with at uh, with the Cuda. Like, I mean, I want to see him with the Cuda and sort of, you know, make that team. I mean, watchable for the Canes again. <laughs> I mean, again, we, I, I, I harken back to like the you know Bordalo having three assists and being the best player, you know, for the Cuda during that first, his first game. So, I mean, if it's that bad, then, uh, um, you know, I look for, I, I want this, I want this kid to, uh, to, you know, improve what we have right now. 
Yeah, I yeah. look at and a lot of these guys come over and they and you know, like a lot of these guys come over and they fit really well into like your middle six, like your third, second, third line. The sharks need some like legit, you know, third line people. So I I mean he might he, he I mean this guy this is one of those guys who could come in out of camp and yeah. and really show something. Um a lot of time over you know, obviously the, the North American game takes a little time to adjust to. Um, obviously I think he played for how many NHL games has he played? So he's played uh he's played sixteen games in the NHL. So we'll see what happens, right? Plays he plays played in the AHL too, so he's got a bunch of AHL games under his belt. Uh went over to the SHL. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm curious. Like let's again, like if he if we can find a guy who can fit onto that that third line. I'm 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 for it. Yeah, if if he uh, if he gets if he gets called up, then I'm look, I'm absolutely for whatever improves his team, honestly. So, well, well, gentlemen, I think that's gonna start Good to wrap us chat. up. Yeah, we'll we'll head over to the chat in just one minute. We'll go yeah. through the in case you missed it, and then we'll do final thoughts, final chats, and uh, get on out of here. Okay. So, in case you missed us and you want to check us out across all of the podcasting platforms check us out on the apple podcast store the google play store the youtube rewind the soundcloud station you also got spotify TuneIn radio and iHeartRadio as well check out all of that and more on tealtownusa.com and in case you have not already please like and subscribe this video comment and next time we'll get your comments on a show and we'll talk a little bit on the Sharks. Uh, gentlemen, let's uh, quickly get some final thoughts from the chat. I believe Denver Doyle had a shout-out for Ian. Ian, why don't you go ahead and take this one away? Yeah, so uh, concerned with why the Sharks are keeping Joe Will involved in the uh, new GM search. What's the point of an extensive external search if he's interviewing candidates who have the same vision as him? I think, look, at the, the, one, thing that, the one thing that was Doug Wilson's thing as general manager was he was Hassel's hockey guy. Right. And uh, so obviously like if you look at the rest of that panel, there's Hassel Flattner and then there's Jonathan Becker. Jonathan Becker is not a hockey guy. He is a business guy. So obviously Joe will has been in his chair for a long time. Um, he knows where the bodies are buried. He knows what the contract situation is. So he's, I think is it concerning? I guess maybe a little bit, um, but I, I don't think they go through this process to if they're not looking to change things. And I think that, like, if they look at if they if they just wanted more, you know, if they if they if they wanted just to be continue running the same way it is now, then if Joe Will doesn't want the job, they make someone they make another Doug Wilson guy the general manager. The fact that that hasn't happened leads me to believe that they need a hockey guy on the, on, on the panel. And, you know, obviously Becker is going to hear things from a business perspective. Hasso Hasso is a smart guy. Obviously you don't get to be a bajillionaire without being a smart guy. And I think that, you know, he's going to obviously offer his input on the hockey side. I don't think it's going to be Joe Will who's going to make that decision alone, though. But being Doug Wilson's right-hand man, 
I think that Hasso is going to want that input because I feel because look at again I feel like if if they were not going to go if they weren't going to go in a new direction they wouldn't be doing any of this it would just be another Doug Wilson guy keep on keeping on but if I imagine things are going to stay the way are so whoever gets to be the GM is going to be is going to deal with the hockey side of the of the team and he's probably going to get a lot of rope to do it so i mean obviously you want somebody who knows the organization already to be on that panel i understand why people are concerned i'm not concerned that much i want to see who some of the candidates are though because that'll give us a better idea of what this you know what the future might look like we haven't really gotten that yet so until we start getting some candidates leaked, I think we can, you know, that'll definitely be discussion for for other days. I understand the concern. I don't share it at this point. We'll see who they interview and then maybe I will. Well, great final thoughts there, Ian. Where can the people find you? And what are you doing these days? Uh, final thoughts. Uh, final th- my final thoughts. My final thing is where you can find me. You can find me, unfortunately, still at Ian Blogs Hockey on the Twitter machine. <laughs> Bumblefuck Hockey was too many characters and in hindsight you know probably putting an explicit in your ad is probably not great for the come follow me oh what's what's your what's your at mr guy um fuck off <laughs> yeah probably not a good idea but um so it's still in vlogs hockey for now and we'll see if it stays that way for long maybe this summer i'll change it <laughs> felix your final thoughts you can take on the question if you'd like or something else and uh where the people can find you um well people can find me uh at felix talks puck i am still at on that uh handle and um you know i uh, occasionally tweet about sharks hockey and also promote uh, the sport in any way i can whether it's inclusivity or um you know promoting really really cool uh goals where uh really skilled players skill it up which for some reason some people do not like and uh you know, posting, uh, sharing lacrosse goals because those are also really cool. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, um, but, uh, you, you can find me on there. And, uh, my final thoughts are essentially just one second. Sorry, guys. Um, my final thoughts, uh, um, again, I've said it before, it's a lost season. Um, you know, and, uh, sharks, uh, obviously didn't play well enough. <laughs> And, um, yeah, on to the next one. <laughs> on to the next one. And uh, and if you haven't already, please set your clocks for 7 p.m. for the t- uh, the uh, Pucknall. Just take over. It'll be Jerk and AJ, and they'll be mixing it up on uh, the week's happenings. As far as, uh, as far as where I'm at, I'm at Eric Landy across all the social media garbage. Use my first name, E-R-I-K, last name, L-A-N-D-I. And uh, again, check us out across all of our content channels. And uh, thank you again for checking us out. And uh, check out Pucknologist tomorrow at 7. So for everybody here at Teal Town USA, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you after tomorrow's game.